Alright, we're going to listen to the recitation of these verses and then we're going to do some review. وَإِذِ اسْتَسْقَى مُوسَى لِقَوْمِهِ فَقُلْنَا اضْرِبْ بِعَصَاكَ الْحَجَرِ فَانْفَجَرَتْ مِنْهُ اثْنَتَا عَشْرَةَ عَيْنًا قَدْ عَلِمَ كُلُّ أُنَاسٍ مَشْرَبَهُمْ كُلُوا وَاشْرَبُوا مِنْ رِزْقِ اللَّهِ وَلَا تَعْثَوْا فِي الْأَرْضِ مُفْسِدِينَ وَإِذْ قُلْتُمْ يَا مُوسَى لَنْ نَصْبِرَ عَلَى طَعَامٍ وَاحِدٍ فَادْعُ لَنَا رَبَّكَ فَادْعُ لَنَا رَبَّكَ يُخْرِجْ لَنَا مِمَّا تُنْبِتُ الْأَرْضُ مِنْ بَقْلِهَا وَقِثَّائِهَا وَفُومِهَا وَعَدَسِهَا وَبَصَلِهَا قَالَ أَتَسْتَبْدِلُونَ الَّذِي هُوَ أَدْنَى بِالَّذِي هُوَ خَيْرٌ اهْبِطُوا مِصْرًا فَإِنَّ لَكُمْ مَا سَأَلْتُمْ وَضُرِبَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ الذِّلَّةُ وَالْمَسْكَنَةُ وَبَاءُوا بِغَضَبٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّهُمْ كَانُوا يَكْفُرُونَ بِآيَاتِ اللَّهِ وَيَقْتُلُونَ النَّبِيِّينَ بِغَيْرِ الْحَقِّ ذَلِكَ بِمَا عَصَوْا وَكَانُوا يَعْتَدُونَ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَالَّذِينَ هَادُوا وَالنَّصَارَى وَالصَّابِئِينَ مَنْ آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَعَمِلَ صَالِحًا فَلَهُمْ أَجْرُهُمْ فَلَهُمْ أَجْرُهُمْ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ وَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ So the first verse that we learned in today's lesson, where Musa a.s. he prayed for water, the Bani Israel were given a constant source of water, they were advised to use the blessings of Allah, but not to abuse them. What do we learn from this verse? That when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us a blessing, then we are not to use it according to our whims and desires and wishes. We are to use it how? How? Responsibly. And what does it mean to responsibly use a blessing? You use it correctly. You use it for what it was made. You use it for the purpose that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created it for. Like for example, if there is a computer, a laptop, and you're using it as a coaster, like as a coaster for like your teacup or your coffee cup, would that be responsible? No, it wouldn't be. And if you were to do that, what would happen? What would happen? Could you possibly damage your computer? Yeah, you could very easily. And it's happened to many people where they spill tea or their coffee over their laptop and it's gone, completely fried. So this is part of using the blessing responsibly. What else is it? What else is part of responsibly using blessings? Go ahead. So for example, if I were to go use a bathroom, public bathroom or masjid bathroom, and make wudu over there, that's a blessing that Allah has given us. Everybody has a right to use that bathroom and make wudu over there. So if I were to use it, should I leave it in a way that nobody else can come and use it? 
Yeah? So, use the bathroom, make wudu, but do so how? Responsibly. What does that mean? Where should the slippers be when I'm done using them? One on top of a toilet and the other maybe inside the toilet? Where should the paper be? Where? On the floor. Or maybe just make a giant ball and you know toss it at people. Yeah? Would that be responsible? I mean, that's something that maybe little kids could do. All right, if they did it, I would understand. But if tall people, you know, people who are growing into adults, if they're doing things like that, are they using the blessings responsibly? No. What else is part of responsibly using blessings? One more important thing, yes? Okay, not abuse the earth. And how would that happen? By wasting. Wasting and excess. Israf. Using more than we need. Like for example, water is mentioned in these verses. And we have to use water to do wudu. And the Prophet ﷺ instructed us that even if a person were to be doing wudu at a stream, how much water should they use? Only as much as they need. Just because something is free or in apparently endless supply doesn't mean we keep using it without any measure. Without measure is where? In Jannah, not in this world. So what do you have written for using blessings of Allah responsibly? What have you written in your notes? Could be tested on this, you know. What do you have in your notes? Hmm. Somebody? Not wasting. Use it in a way that others can use it. And use it for the purpose that it was made. Alright. Somebody else had another lesson from this verse? Yes. Very important lesson. That we have to do something in order to get something. The number one thing we do is that we make dua. We ask Allah. Just as Musa a.s. did. He made dua. Istasqa. And then secondly, he put in the effort that was required at that time. Now what happens is that sometimes we only make dua and we do nothing else. Or we are trying our best on our own and we don't make dua. What is necessary is that we do both. Make dua and take the necessary steps. Okay, yes. Assalamu alaykum sisters. Yeah, the wastage of water we were talking about and uh, yeah, me and my husband started a campaign for the uh, water bottles that we waste during the Taraweeh and the Ramadan, the amount of water bottles that goes in waste. So to stop that, just carrying an own bottle when you are praying in, like, in Taraweeh or when you open your iftar, get your own bottle from your home. So we started this campaign saying like we are free Ramadan, it was started by Toronto Muslims. So if you can support this, going on the waste-free uh, Ramadan and waste-free Ramadan. Yes. Okay. That yeah, that doesn't mean just only water bottles. Yeah. But uh, we start just with the initiative of water bottles so that people can go over and think the plates and whatever the food containers. Uh, uh, you can get your own food containers for the leftover food to take home. We it's amazing home. how in the masjid so many bottles are wasted, plastic bottles. Right? Yeah. Because everybody wants their own plastic bottle. I mean, of course. And then what happens is that they drink a couple of sips and they leave it behind and they forget it and they don't know which one is theirs. And so half-used water bottles are left in the masjid for people to clean up. So if we can replace those bottles with our own bottle, 
that would be much better. You would end up drinking more water actually because you're going to refill it. It's probably going to be bigger. It's going to be better for you. And you're also helping uh, the environment. Next ayah, we see that Bani Israel, they made a request to Musa alayhi salam that we're not happy with one type of food, so you make dua to Allah. Allah should make worldly food grow for us. And that they listed, we want onions and lentils and garlic and cucumbers and green herbs. Musa alayhi salam, what was his response? He said, would you exchange what is better for what is less? If that is what you like, then go get it yourself. And you have to go to a city and get the food that you want. So what do we learn from this verse? Go ahead, Sahar. One day, you know, we were just complaining at home, like we were having lentils and rice every day, like like our chicken every day, like can we have something different? So my mother-in-law, she's like, you know, so sweet of her. She said that, do you remember how the people of Musa al-Islam also complained about the same food they were having? And they d- demanded for something else. So we shouldn't demand for that. We should be actually grateful of what we're having, even if it is the same, yeah. at least we're having it. Yeah. The thing is that, uh, unfortunately, we have become a people who are obsessed with food. Literally obsessed. So we want more variety. We want novelty. We want great taste. We get bored very quickly and we spend so much money on this also, so much of our time and energy on food also. Isn't it? Now, technically there's nothing wrong in enjoying good food. Nothing wrong with that. But when it becomes an obsession, which we need to confess that it has become an obsession for us, that is where it is a problem because it's going to distract you from more important things in life. Especially mothers over here or women or women who cook at home. I'm talking to you especially. Because what happens with us is that we're spending so much time and energy preparing food. The month of Ramadan is coming. And instead of thinking about the goals that we want to set for the month of Ramadan, we may be thinking about which kebabs and which you know samosas and spring rolls I need to fill my freezer with so that I have plenty to enjoy throughout the month. I mean, there's nothing wrong in enjoying good food, but how much of our time and money is going into this? Too much. And then we say that we have no money to give to people who are hungry and dying of hunger, dying of thirst. So much food is wasted. It's never eaten. It's never consumed. We buy, we bring, and we toss. And I know that's maybe another extreme, but they have raw organic diet where they don't have to spend so much time in cooking, yeah. where she has time to chat with her children and read books. And like we are so stressed out that we have no time to talk to our kids. Yeah, yeah very true. That oftentimes we're complaining that there's too much kitchen work, there's too much work at home. So much money, time goes into buying the food and then preparing the food and then eating it and then putting it away. We need to simplify this. Really, we need to simplify this. And we might think that, oh, the Bani Israel, they were so greedy for food. Let's stop thinking about them and start thinking about ourselves. The Prophet ﷺ warned us about this. There's a hadith in which we learn, it's mentioned in Sahih At-Targhib Al-Targhib, that there will come a people who will eat foods of different colors. And they will wear clothes of different colors. And they will ride vehicles of different colors. Alwan. 
And alwan is understood as colors and types. Now what this means is that this is what they will be obsessed with. Variety, novelty, more stuff. Not happy with a little bit of food. Want this kind of cereal and that kind of cereal and that kind of cereal. Right? You go to any grocery store, you get confused. What do I get and what do I leave? Wallahi. And if you go to a restaurant, it's even more confusing. And if we open up our kitchen cabinets, it's even more confusing. So we need to simplify this. If we want to do something useful in our lives, we need to simplify the food that we eat. I mean, think about it. When it comes to dinners, parties, weddings, so much is spent on food and then so much of that food is wasted. And what is eaten also, what happens? What are we doing about it? Complaining. That was too spicy, that was too oily, that was too boring, that was too bland. We end up complaining so much that we waste our time complaining instead of doing things that are more important, like spending time with our families or learning about deen or whatever it is. We waste our time with negativity instead of being productive. Yeah. So the Bani Israel were obsessed with food and we need to look at ourselves. I'm actually doing an essay on like world hunger mm-hmm. and it said in one of the like articles that I read, a third of the world's produce is wasted or lost, which is 680 billion tons a year. And then it says also by 2030 or 2050, the world will need to produce 50% more of the f- produce to like, suffice the people. And also the, like, the sheer cost of food, that people like, make it so expensive that people in developing areas spend 60 to 80% of their wealth on food alone. And then they take their children out of education so they can actually afford it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, a third of the food that is produced is wasted. It's never eaten by a human being. It's bought, it's stored, and then it is thrown away. But there are simpler ways of actually fixing these. What my mom, she does, um, what she does in like the weekdays, she makes one time for, uh, she makes one meal for two times. Like for example, if your mom, she makes, for example, a gravy, she makes it for two times rather than one. Mm-hmm. And then on the weekends, when my dad's even home and when we're all home, then we all cook together. Yes. That way we also save time, but we're also somehow spending time together. Yes. Thank you very much for mentioning that because I do believe that many women are overburdened with the responsibility of cooking and serving food. Aham, aham. Because <laughs> many people, they want fun food every day. They don't want boring, bland food. They want new stuff every day. And so what happens is that the mother is always trying to keep up with, okay, what should I cook so that my children will eat it? You know how long it takes to cook biryani? Just two to three hours, that's it. Just two to three hours. Now, the thing is, what the sister is mentioning, something very important, which is that all of us should take responsibility and put our share in also in preparing food. We should do our part. It should be a shared responsibility. It shouldn't be very difficult to pick up our dishes and put them in the dishwasher. Not the sink, the dishwasher, if the dishwasher is being used. It shouldn't be that difficult to help with these things at home or to go buy groceries and participate in that. Share the burden so that people can do more important things in their lives also. Now what happened with the Bani Israel? There were consequences for this greed and obsession. What were the consequences? Firstly, we see, ضُرِبَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ الذِّلَّةِ 
They were covered with humiliation. And al-maskana, poverty. And that's the thing. Take the example of food. If you eat, let's say, the best burger in town, whatever, you have your own uh, preference. You think it's the best burger. Somebody comes and tells you, no, no, you, you don't know anything. You got to try something else. You're like, okay, I want to know where else I can have a great burger. So you go there, and then you go somewhere else, and then you go somewhere else. And so what happens is that even when we're looking for entertainment, what are we looking for? Food. We're not satisfied with what we've eaten. And this is what happens. When a person chases the things of this world, there is no end to it. He's always needy and dependent. Always wanting more. Never satisfied. And then when a person chases the world, he will do it at the cost of doing more important things. So when he will leave, abandon, ignore the rights of Allah, what is he going to get? وَبَاءُ بِغَضَبٍ مِنَ اللَّهِ He's going to end up with the wrath of Allah. ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّهُمْ كَانُوا يَكْفُرُونَ بِآيَاتِ اللَّهِ And the reason behind that is denying the ayat of Allah. And the Bani Israel, they went to the extent of even killing the prophets. How could they do that? No fear of Allah. ذَلِكَ بِمَا عَصَوْا وَكَانُوا يَعْتَدُونَ The last verse, the last part of ayah, مَنْ آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَعَمِلَ صَالِيًا فَلَهُمْ أَجْرُهُمْ إِنْدَ Rabbihim. The importing of righteous deed, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned it right away after believing and a day of judgment. And most of the times when you do righteous deed, we are always expecting the reward from the people we are doing for. And we always looking, okay, I did this one, but I'm not seeing any result. Why should I continue? Here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, do not expect from the people. The reward is in the end of Allah, in the end of your Rabb. Yes. So you expect the reward of righteous deed you're doing for my sake. You're expecting from me, no one else. And we do this one, you're not going to be of any fear of losing property, wealth, health, anything if you think about. And you're not going to uh, grieve about suffering, what happened to my future, what happened to my kids, what happened to all this one. So because you're going to depend on who in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Jazakallah khair, very important point. That when a person is performing a righteous action, he should be expecting reward from who? From who? Allah. That even if you don't see the result of your efforts today, or tomorrow, or the day after, in this world, you don't see any result, realize that if you did it for Allah, then the reward is saved with Allah. He's not going to waste it. Allah does not waste the reward of those who do ihsan. Bani Israel were children of prophets chosen for a certain work. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preferred them over the rest of mankind, sent them prophets, gave them books. Why? So that they would follow the law and also invite the rest of mankind to it. But what did they do? Forgot the law and took privilege in their blood that we are children of the prophets and considered that whatever they did didn't matter. But what we learn from here is what you do matters. What your faith matters. It's not your blood. It's your actions. So relating to the fact that the Bani Israel became so obsessed with worldly things, these days people have entire careers revolving around just going around trying to find something better. Like 
if you see people who are like food critics, they go around, they taste this, then they go beyond and they taste something better and better and better. And they keep on chasing something that I have to find something that's even better than what I had before. And it's always a game of one-upmanship. You always have to find something that's better than before. That People haven't, like, their whole lives revolve around just one-upmanship upon worldly things, whether it's entertainment, food, whatever. It's always you have to find something yeah. better and yeah. that takes you away from what's yeah. really the, important. Yeah, good point. Now the thing is that if you want something better so that you can be more productive, so that you can do more work or better work, it's completely fine. There's no harm in that. But if you want something better so that you can impress more people and you can feel you know, that you're the person with the best taste and the best possessions feeding your pride and ego, that is where it's a problem. Assalamu alaikum. Um, I'm kind of into social psychology, so I watch shows like Adam Ruins Everything and stuff. And I went to this one YouTube video, and they were talking about grocery stores. And about food, the whole grocery like economy, it revolves around making you buy more stuff. So even though we say it's like, oh, we're going to like cut down... The minute you go into a grocery store, it's revolved around your taking your mind and making you buy more stuff. So if you go into like no frills, um, they put fresh produce on the right and they put flowers like near you. And even though you're like, oh, that's just how it is, it's not. Because in America, and I guess nor- all of North America, people tend to shop counterclockwise. And if you see fruits and vegetables on this, then you feel... Um, the part in your mind that like the happy factor in your mind um it says oh i'm doing such a good thing look i'm buying like tomatoes and stuff and then you'll go around and then you'll see all this junk food and you'll be like well i bought one tomato why don't i buy like five bags of chips so you have to try to sometimes study and try to understand that all these stores are trying to trick you into buying more stuff so you have to put that in your mind and say i'm not going to like and even if that's not there i mean People are filled with greed. That's just how we are. We just want more. This is the test of this dunya. That do we settle with what is immediate, what is in front of us? Or do we aim for what is far greater with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? One is that a person is chasing basal and adas, and the other is that a person is striving in iman and amal salih. The adas and basal will finish. But the amal salih its reward will be preserved with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enable us to set the right priorities and strive in ways that please Him. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashadu wa la ilaha illa anta. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.